Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin. This is Hashem, BPM number 48. That's Bayez Panimi uh, for men, Shear number 48. And in the last few Shear, we're talking about different ways to influence your marriage, to heal your marriage, of things that require hard work on our part, but it is certainly very, very worthwhile and it can be transformative, not only in healing your marriage and just growing yourself in tremendous ways. One of those um, aspects that many wives have agmas nefesh and uh, are pained by their husbands is the fact that they feel that they have no voice, how their husband is not connecting to their feelings, where they basically are telling you that you really, really never listen to me, and you just do what you're going to do, and it's not like I, it's not, not even worth bother talking to you about things. And we sometimes brush that off, um, saying that our wife is overreacting or getting overly emotional. But in reality, in many, many cases, there's a deep-rooted issue here where we have to really put thought into it and recognize that it is very possible that our wife our wives are accurate about this. And we really walk over our wives very often, and we can't be that kind of husband. We don't want to be that kind of husband. We need to understand that our wives need their voice, they need to express things, and they need their opinions to be valued. And we had certain uh, shiurim about listening ability, and we cannot under emphasize it. It must be a skill that we need to learn. Uh, It's an active form of chesed. It's an active form of kindness. This aspect of listening is a major problem these days because in our uh, short attention spans and our distractions with technology, um, we don't listen to each other anymore. This is a generational plague um, where we you, you never find that two friends even could have a deep conversation with one another about things that matter in life, that help each other. We're too distracted. And certainly with our own wives, we, we don't uh, acknowledge their feelings. We, we don't listen. And we need to learn how to develop that. Now, To understand how to do this is very, very important, and I'm going to talk about it now. The first baby step of listening is actually going to use the word attending. Attending means it's the first level of listening. It means you position yourself to pay attention to your wife when she's speaking to you, and you let her know that you're listening. So it's you turn off the the radio or the TV, if you have one, or the stereo, or the internet, or the phone, and just simply do anything by shutting these things down, anything that could distract you or her from talking to each other. And that shows that you care about her, that you're giving her your undivided attention. That's number one. And then you sit and you face her, if that's possible. You keep your hands still. You don't fidget. You don't tap your fingers. You don't wring your hands. You don't uh, fiddle around with your clothing. These 
what I'm telling you, these fidgeting things are what behavioral scientists say signals that you're in a situation you want to get out of, right? You're making all these movements because you really don't want to be there. And she senses this, and you need to outside, outwardly also stop fiddling with these things, not to fiddle with your pen, play around with your watch, play around with your smartphone. Just sit straight. It's hard for us men, if we're not used to doing this, to do this. You don't slouch. You put a posture as if, lahavdal, you'll be listening to a shir from a god hadar that comes in, and you're listening to every single word that he's saying, or a rav that you're machshiv. You need to pay attention to your wife like that, with your posture, with that you're honed in, that you're paying attention. And and we never do this with our wives, unfortunately. And when they have something very important to say, even if it seems trivial to you, but it seems that she wants to say something, you, you need to do that. Remove distractions, don't fiddle around with things, and have a posture that you're really listening this is how you start paying attention, that you're paying attention. And then eye contact. Eye contact is not mamish, like staring when you steer and you don't blink. It's a normal eye contact when you're looking at her. You could blink, you know, and, and, and you could, uh, you know, uh, for a split second relieve the tension by removing the eye contact for a moment. But when you look at a person in a normal way, but but showing that you're in a conversation with her, showing that you're really attuned to her. And that is extremely important. So that's what the first step of acting, active listening is. You're creating an environment and in your body language, a situation that shows that we're not distracted and that you're not bored, you're not nervous, you're not dying to get out of there, and you're keeping that posture that makes her comfortable and the eye contact. And you could, as she's talking... You let her know with your eyes that you're understanding, you nod your head, maybe a little smile, that you care, that you're really listening. And this really, if you try it, does not take any special skill. It's the desire to say that you're important enough to me that I really, really want to hear what you have to say. You may think this is silly, and you're thinking, listen, this is a, sometimes people have a pride, like this is, it's, it, it takes another little bit to do this. Who are you that I should get into a matzav where I'm being machnia myself to listen to you? A lot of people have that attitude with their own lives. But it's important if you really, really want to take your marriage seriously and fix things. This is a step number one. And you humble yourself and allow yourself to be teachable. And you allow yourself to try these new skills, to become a better listener, no matter what. You cannot lose by learning these skills. You could only gain by learning these skills. And you practice this. You could practice it with other people as well in your work um, situations and in your, with your friends. You practice this type of contact that you're listening by managing your body this way like we just described. And then you start working on doing the same thing for your wife. So that's um, the first step, which is called attending. The next step of listening is the content responding, which means that now that you're tuned in, you got rid of the distractions, you're not fiddling, you're looking into her eyes, you're paying attention. Now, step two is you're listening for her content. You're listening to what she's actually saying. And as you're listening to what she's saying, 
You're responding by letting her know that you heard what she said. The harsh reality, the sad reality, is that people don't listen to each other. Because as soon as uh, you think you know what she's saying, you're going to tune out. You may finish her sentence for her, or you may your mind will drift off, or you may start subconsciously planning to, to think about what you're going to say in response. Either way, you have stopped listening, and they know it, and your wife knows that you stopped listening. Now, you're going to listen to what she says, and the key is, is to say it back to her in a certain way, you know, to repeat it at some point, like very closely after she says it. It sounds babyish, it sounds stupid, it sounds repetitive, but it has a great value. If, for example, she says something like, my mother isn't doing well, and she's planning to go back to the doctor on Tuesday... A few moments later, you said, so you, you repeat that to her. So your mother's going to the doctor. She's not doing well. And this way, and, and, and you're not just repeating words. You put emphasis in it to make it clear that you're actually absorbing what she's saying. And you don't make up, interpret what she's saying. You know, that your mother's sick. That's why she's going to the doctor. No, she's nervous about it. She's not doing well, so therefore she's going to the doctor. You don't interpret anything because that's not what your wife said, that your mother, that her mother is sick. She said she's not doing well, not that she was sick. Oh, and, and, and maybe the fact that she's going back to the doctor on Tuesday may be the reason your wife is telling you this. Maybe she wants you to take her to the doctor. Maybe she's just, you know, whatever it is that she's trying to say. So it's, it's, it's important that you do that sometimes. You have to articulate clearly afterwards, especially if she's t talking to you about a particular problem, that you articulate the words that she said and say it back to her and say, did I get this right? Is this the situation that you're trying to tell me about? Is this what it is? And that is very important you want it this shows that you really care and you're trying to absorb what she is saying and you know very often we have these type of conversations our low self-esteem doesn't allow us to listen we're we're spending our emotional energy trying to take care of ourselves we don't have emotional energy left for others or we don't have emotional energy left for our wives and that is often a problem because we are so absorbed in our own issues that we just don't have that emotional energy and strength to have our hearts and minds open to our wife, to what's hurting them, to what's going on in their life. And the really, really idea is, is that, you know, if they see, even if your manner changed, you tell them honestly, you know, I'm working on trying to listen. I'm working on my listening skills. I know I haven't been a good listener, and I'm trying to relate. And usually they'll be very warm in responding, or they'll be impressed by it. They may not admit it. They will may, you know, not say it. So that's another aspect. So the second aspect is you repeat more or less, you verbalize what she's telling you. You say, okay, you respond back to her. Is this what you're saying? Or you are saying this and this. And sometimes she could correct it and say, no, I don't mean this exactly. And then she'll explain it. The next step in listening is the feeling response, which is a hard one for us men to do. We're not used to doing that. 
But we need to not only listen to what our wife is saying, which is the content of the words that she's saying, but to pay attention to her emotions. What word would describe the emotion she's feeling right now? So, for example, let's go to the example we gave. Your mother isn't do- my, my mother isn't doing very well, and she's planning to go back to the doctor on Tuesday. So you're listening to the tone of her voice. You're watching her facial expressions. You see that she's concerned. You see worry on her face or concern on her face or even fear. And you get the word concern in your mind, and you respond back. says, you're concerned about your mother, aren't you? And usually she'll say yes, and she'll look at you and think, like, he's actually listening to me. It's be like an eye-opening experience for many. And, you know, sometimes what's going to happen is, and this is in the, especially in the beginning, you may not use the right word, or you may misinterpret how she's feeling, and she'll say, no, it's not that. Then you need to be open and say, okay, then, sorry, I, I miss got it, you know, and and if you could explain to me more. This is the way she'll open up more to you. She'll trust you more with her feelings. She wants to be understood. And connecting on how she's feeling in the moment that she's telling this to you. So it's very important that to understand this, what the emotion that you're trying to read from her is the emotion that she feels now as she's talking to you. Not how she felt on the phone when she was talking to her mother. And it's an emotion that she's feeling now when she's talking to you. That's what you're listening for. Now, even if you got it wrong, so let's say if you say, no, you're worried about your mother. That's why you're telling me she's she she's wasn't not doing very well and she's going to the doctor. You're worried about your mother. She may say, no, I'm not really worried yet. I'm just I'm just a little concerned. And then she'll talk about her mother's previous health issues as an example or so on and so forth. So even though she's correcting you, so that sounds like it's not so good, it's actually a great thing. What she's actually doing is she's revealing her true emotions to you. She's telling you by correcting you, no, that I'm not really concerned, I'm not really worried so much, I'm just a little concerned. She's revealing her emotion that she's actually feeling. And why is she revealing that emotion she's actually feeling? It's because you were willing to take the risk and guess at her feeling, and you were rewarded for that. You were guessing not just as a random not thinking. You already did those first two steps where you're listening to her, you're having the high contact, you're, you're, you're verbalizing what she's saying. So by you, even if you got it wrong and she corrects you, she's feeling that she's being cared for. She's feeling and sensing that you actually listen, and ultimately she feels loved. So sometimes these feeling responses that we're talking about now Maybe educated guesses. You really, no one could really know for sure how another people feel, feels in a moment of time. But when we pay attention and we listen to the content of what they are saying, and we read the emotions of her voice and her face and her eyes, then you know you could take a real good guess at how she's feeling, and you lean towards her this way emotionally. And if you read it accurately, you'll see your eyes light up. Because we all light up when we feel understood. We know this ourselves. And we need to know to learn a little bit of our vocabulary about these feeling words, that even though we're not used to it, 
to these feeling words that sometimes she uses or other people use, happy, pleased, grateful, cheerful, uh, playful, thrilled, or in the angry way, irritated, uh, annoyed, uh, provoked, offended, or in the afraid category, horrified or insecure or hesitant or suspicious or, or threatened, all these different words, you know, that would convey, or if someone feels, you think this is sadness there, um, sorrowful, unhappy, um, down, mournful, discouraged, disappointed, embarrassed, and so on and so forth. So it's very important that, you know, you know, the to, to do this. And this will open up a lot of things. And you, and, and here's an example. Someone said like this, he was sitting down to lunch with a friend and he noticed his friend looked very tense and worried, but they weren't talking about deep things. They were talking, they were eating lunch. The waitress brought their menus and, and, and they were talking small talk. And then finally he said to his friend, you know, John, his name was, you know, you seem very pensive. You seem there's a lot on your mind. And then as soon as he said that, his friend opened up and started talking about all his issues he was dealing with, the problems with his kids, the stresses at work. And so you see the power of picking up the right words to have someone open up. And this is a key also that one needs to do for their wives, to open them up. And one last point about listening that's very, very important is when you listen to your wife, don't try to fix things for her. 99% of the time, when she wants you, she just wants to know how, she wants you to know how she feels. She, at this point, does not want your opinion, does not want your assessment on the situation, does not even ask you for a prescription or a cure or your advice of what to say or do. She, if she wants advice, she'll ask you for advice. And if you ask very often, someone, you know, often a person, a husband would ask their wife point blank, do you want me to fix it or do you want me to feel it? Most of the time, almost all the time, your wife will say, I just want you to feel it. I want you to be there for me in your feelings for me. And that is a tremendous chesed that you do for your wives that they'll appreciate. Listening to them and, and, not to say, here's what you do, or if, uh, if, if I would be this person, I would do this and this. If I were in your shoes, your shoes, I would do this and this. No, no. But what you can do, if you can't help yourself, then you could say a little while later, is there anything I can do to help you with this? Okay, so if that's on your mind, that you think you have a piece of advice or something, you ask her advice. Is there anything I can do to help you with this? Now, if she says, no, I'm okay, and I just want to talk it through with you, then you don't have to give her any advice. What most wives will tell you, if they sometimes they can't verbalize it, but if they could, they would tell you that what they're doing is processing. The way women do it a lot is they process relationships, they process situations um, as they talk to you about them, that they're not asking for your advice, and, and just they will need you to listen empathetically to them. And get responses, you know, just empathetic responses on their thoughts and on their feelings about things. And that's how you respond. And if you if they're upset about something and she's tired at that moment and you give her a big hug, 
that that also helps a lot in the in the power of listening. I haven't I have gave given some shiurim on listening, and I really need to add to it. and And I am doing research on deep listening, on knowing how to listen, because this is an extremely important skill in life overall. It's a skill not just for your wife; it's a skill for your children. It's a skill for any person, even in the workforce or wherever you are. It's a skill even to know when you're listening to a shear, of how to absorb a shear when you're listening to shear from a Rebbe or from someone that's giving a shear, how to absorb that information. When someone's giving a more uh, uh, on the Musser end or that type of thing, to understand the emotions about it, to know how to listen that way, to know how to in- interact with people. It's a huge subject that we as men Truth is, women also very often lack this skill, but men certainly lack this skill. That can change our lives dramatically for the better, enhance our bein adam lachaveiray to a great degree, and bein ishle ishtay certainly to a great degree. This can indeed transform and heal marriages, and it's something extremely worthwhile to pursue. It's something really worthwhile to develop. Bracha and atzlacha.